Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of Mixed Feelings. I am your host, Kira Bria. Today, I am doing something a little bit different because I started I started writing because I realized, like, I've, I've really always wanted to be a writer, but when I was younger, when I was like 14, I actually almost quit dance because I was like, oh, I'm going to be a writer. I don't, I don't need to dance. And I, I, but it was more because I was like really insecure with where I was in dance and I was being made to feel like I couldn't dance. And then I learned how to freestyle and everything was fine. But... I kind of left the dream of like being an author behind because I was like, I'm just going to dance. Now that I'm older, I realize you can do both and I'm getting back to writing. I've been writing a lot. I've been writing a lot of short stories and posting them on my Patreon. I've also, I relaunched my Patreon. If you do want to subscribe, my Patreon is linked below. And I've been putting short stories up on my Patreon pretty frequently recently because I, I just like started to sit down and write about things that are bothering me or things that are on my mind or things that like sometimes I get inspired by a lot of times actually I get inspired by like discourse on TikTok or like things that happen on TikTok and I like the the format of short stories because it's kind of similar to TikTok in that way and I am planning to make these short essays into a book that I will release whenever I feel like I have enough to make a full book so I am really excited about that but um, today I wanted to read a couple of the things that I've been writing because I think that there's an overarching theme of other people intellectualizing the oppression of others or intellectualizing my oppression. I'm only speaking about the things that are part of my identity, obviously. So here is the first short essay I wrote recently. It's titled, Let White Women Steal in Peace. I'm tired of seeing white girls shush to the N-word. I can't possibly be the only one. Every day on TikTok, I have to see white girl after white girl lip sync to a rap song she's not actually allowed to sing. But instead of picking a song she can sing the entirety of, she will just put her finger over her mouth and make a cute face during the N-word, a word historically heard by slaves before or during a beating. This practice has become so normalized that people expect it and don't bat an eye. There is a song by Megan Thee Stallion called Megan's Piano. Of course, like most popular things black women do, it compels white women to use it in whatever way they see fit. The section of the song that is most used during the abundance of lip-syncing videos made to it on TikTok includes the line, don't call me sis because I'm not your sister. This refers to the microaggression many black women experience from white women who call us sis in an often condescending or domineering way. When this point was highlighted on TikTok, guess what the white girls did? Use a different sound on their TikTok? Of course not. How outrageous of you to suggest. They still used the song, but didn't say the cis line. So I was forced to watch a white woman intentionally record herself, not saying a line that she recognizes she can't relate to while still bopping her head and gesturing towards the camera like she is trying to communicate the tone of the lyrics she can't say. This caused me both laughter and confusion. I then stitched this TikTok and noted that white people lack the ability to contextualize information about race and move forward in a sensible way. The way they move forward is always ridiculous and laughable. My stitch was not well received. Many of the white creator's fans began to fight for the death for her to use this song that she can't sing. I was told, I am reaching. It's not that deep. Let her enjoy things. She's an unproblematic creator. Don't come for her. 
When I make content, it's never personal. I am using the actions of one to discuss the tendencies of many. But this white creator was a prime example of the fact that a white woman can recognize she should not participate in the lyrics of a song talking about the black experience, but still feel entitled to the music. God forbid she just pick a different song because the concept of her not having total and complete access to something is completely out of the question. This is because of the framework that has been created and normalized by white women who use songs that they can't sing. White girls making content and profiting from shushing the N-word, something that is so fundamentally strange and eerie at its core, has become so commonplace that I am the weird one for critiquing it. I would like to start a discussion about the entitlement white women have to use songs they know they can't sing half of because the idea that something doesn't belong to them is so outrageous. I would like to talk about the predicament we are in where black things are the most popular, but white faces are still the most desired. I would like to talk about how every time you click on a sound created by black people, you will see a sea of white faces at the top of that sound with the most popular videos. I would like to talk about the erasure of authentic culture that is replaced with mimicking, with shushing, with over-exaggerated caricatures of black women played badly by white women and gay men. I would like to talk about these things. But when I do, I am told I am breaching. It's just a trend. It's just TikTok. As if we couldn't have possibly normalized trends that exploit black culture. As if white women are successfully navigating their relationship to black culture on their own. As if a black person's guidance on this matter is irrelevant, unnecessary, and a burden. Let white women steal in peace. I get it. So that is my first short essay. And you know what? We will, we will unpack that in a moment. <laughs> I will now be reading to you my second short essay called Men Can't Be Feminist. I used to get in arguments with people fighting for men's right to be feminist. I changed my mind. Men can't be feminists. They simply don't have the self-awareness. Could men, in theory, be feminist? Yes. Are men victims of the patriarchy as well? Absolutely. Can I tolerate misogyny and unsolicited mansplaining from one more self-proclaimed male feminist? No the fuck I cannot. The fact of the matter is, men could be feminist, but they're not. Even if they are close, or at least closer than most, they are still not. They will speak over women with a, without a second thought and play devil's advocate till the cows come home. They are so innately self-important that the thought that they didn't have all the information or the lived experience never occurred to them. They speak with authority while having none. They say we should be dismantling the patriarchy to women who are victims of it. Like there is anything we can do to change the oppressive tendencies of men, like we haven't been trying our hardest to change men anyway, as if our lives depended on it. Because they do. Like the responsibility to dismantle a system built by our oppressors falls on our shoulders. Like it didn't occur to me to try and dismantle the patriarchy. As if its fate rests in my hands. News fucking flash. Men built the patriarchy. They have to be the ones to take it down. That's like a white person telling a black person, we need to dismantle white supremacy. No, colonizer, you need to dismantle white supremacy. Men's obsession with getting women to pay 50-50 in the name of feminism is exhibit A of why men cannot actually be feminist. 
They conflate equality with equity and only care about either of those words when the check comes. Interesting how they have so much to say about one of the only benefits women receive from the patriarchy, but rarely start their own conversations on men's behavior that perpetuates that dynamic and makes that benefit necessary. I think men forget that the standard of women getting treated to dates was set by the fact that men decided they should be the ones to make all the money and women should not have the ability to own land or credit cards. The effects of that are still seen in the way women are paid less than men, and so the financial dynamic that made courting behavior a necessity is still intact, though to a much lesser degree, it is still there. I still make less than the average man, so go ahead and close that wage gap before the term 50-50 even leaves your mouth. To be clear, this could also apply to people who were socialized as men but now identify as non-binary. In general, if you were not either A, socialized as a woman, or B, currently experiencing oppression based on being a woman, you should not be speaking in this matter. The reason a lot of men want to weigh in on this is because it's one of the few aspects of the patriarchy that requires them to be generous instead of allowing them to take what doesn't belong to them. And so, of course, this is the topic they begin their feminism with. Self-proclaimed male feminists tend to use men paying for dates as a frequent topic in their speeches about equality, but rarely center and assess men's actions in this patriarchal system that have created that dynamic in the first place. Why are we starting at the end? Why ask women to pay equally before they are paid equally? Why do male feminists insist that women should let go of any benefit we receive from the patriarchy before men even lift a finger to dismantle it? Some may argue that whoever makes more should pay, which I understand, but guess who usually makes more? Men. And guess why? Patriarchy. Men love to use semantics to divert attention from the poignancy of women's conversations about our oppression. They try to change the conversation to invalidate our opinion on something that we've lived. While I think some men understand some feminist concepts, I believe those who were socialized as men will often show their misogyny when they're in heat or with their unsolicited opinions on women's lived experiences. So now, I am much more hesitant to call any man a true feminist. I also think men present themselves as feminists for social gain. They know it makes them seem more emotionally intelligent and attractive to women. They know that if they take a few concepts that articulate feminist thought leaders say, water them down and regurgitate them, they will get a lot of views. They capitalize off that and tend to speak over or take the mic from women with lived experience in the process. I am done sharing the mic. So those are my, those are the first two short stories that I posted on Patreon. And I, I've posted more since. I just posted one this morning. And now let's, let's unpack. Let's unpack what was said. Okay, so in let white women steal in peace. That started from, like I said, the, the, the cis song. Because, okay, like this creator, she made the video and she just didn't say the entire cis line. And I literally laughed. I literally laughed. And so I stitched the video saying, you know, white people lack the ability to contextualize this information. Always move forward in a laughable way. Because I literally laughed. Because it, it looks ridiculous. It really does look ridiculous to participate in a trend you can't actually participate in 
and lip sync lyrics to a song and then just stop lip syncing, you wouldn't do that in any other medium. In any other medium, that makes no sense. If there's a dance and you can't do part of the dance, would you just stand there on stage for two counts of eight? No, you would pick a different dance. If there was a cake that had a recipe, you were allergic to a quarter of the recipe, would you bake that cake or would you not just find a different recipe? It, it doesn't make sense in any other capacity. And my point in that essay was that, you know, when you went on TikTok for the first time and saw white girls going shh to the N word and like doing their little cute faces and head bobs and then like keep doing whatever the lip syncing is, you probably thought that it was weird. Reflect back, take a moment, take a moment. Reflect back, did you think it was weird? I bet that you did because it's, it's very weird, right? However, because it benefits the dominant culture to make that normal, and it benefits the dominant culture to make it so that they can continue using and abusing those lyrics, and just like, act like they're, it's, it's also very weird to me to like show that you're not saying something. It's very much like, look at me, I'm a good white person. I'm not saying the N word. It's very weird to me, right? But it's become so normalized that people started attacking me for saying, hey, this is kind of strange. And we've normalized it so much that now critiquing it becomes weird and people act like I'm reaching and overreacting. I'm like, you don't think there's any possible way that you could have normalized a behavior that exploits black culture. You don't think there's any way. You don't think there, you think there's nothing left to be said here. You literally think that white girls are doing the best they possibly could navigating this on their own. You think they need no help in navigating their relationship with black culture. You think they're spot on right now? You think they're doing good? Need no assistance. You can honestly say that? No, you can't. Of course not, of course you can't. But we want to, we just wanna keep pushing on and keeping the norm, I guess. And it's very, because the thing is, people were upset with me because the creator made like a whole video saying why she doesn't say sis. And everyone's like, she actually made a very good reason of why she doesn't say it, why she didn't say it. I don't understand why you're mad. And I was like, I, I really am confused how no one understands my point being that, yeah, that's great. She understands the microaggression of sis. She understands why she can't say it, but she's so used to taking everything that's possible for her to take that it didn't occur to her that she should use a different song. Even, even, even while regurgitating wokeness, you are still asleep. And I'm supposed to pretend that everything's okay. I'm supposed to pretend I don't notice because I don't know how to do that. I physically am incapable of seeing things like that and just shutting my mouth. That's literally why I have a YouTube channel and a TikTok and a podcast. I literally am incapable of it. So no, I'm not gonna let these white women steal in peace. Like it's very much like, uh, whatever. Whatever, I can't, I can't deal with it. I just, I simply can't deal with it any longer. And when I see white women shushing the N-word, like it's just so cringy and I think they think that it's cute or whatever it is, I'm tired of seeing it. I'm so tired of seeing it, right? And then, 
And the, the thing is, this is why the overarching thing is like int intellectualizing my oppression, because the debate became, why are you so hurt over a word? It doesn't make sense to be this upset over a TikTok, blah, blah, blah. Just like people talking about the logic of it. I'm like, I fuck your logic. This is about lived experience. Yes, I've had white women say cis to me in condescending ways. Right? And it's about that lived experience. It's not about a white person's interpretation of my experience. And then they, they intellectualize it and look at what the logical thing would be in whatever situation. Uh, I'm absolutely not here for that. It is not your place to do that. People who intellectualize the oppression of groups that they don't identify with and say, well, actually by that logic, blah, blah, blah. Logic does not anywhere compete with lived experience and it never will. Stop trying to make that happen. Please stop. Now, in regards to men can't be feminist, the reason this came up is because <laughs> I, made, I made a couple TikToks talking about like, you know, men wanting women to go 50-50, right? Very simple concept, very not hard to understand. All of my followers, for the most part, no, like all of my followers, for real, very much understand the concept of it doesn't make sense for women to be going 50-50 on dates when women are not being paid equally 50-50 in their income. And we're not being treated 50-50 in the sense of literally anything, in the sense of healthcare, in the sense of safety, in the sense of how much space we're allowed to take up, in any sense. It's not fair. We know that. And so the fact that so many, like, the fact that so many men, whether or not they're feminist, really love to come and talk about, oh, women, women should be paying 50-50 on dates because that's equality. It's 2021. Hashtag feminism. Why are we starting at the end? It makes no sense to require me to pay 50-50 when I'm not being paid 50-50. Duh. And of course, so I, I say that, right? Very simple concept to understand. And then there's people who are like, have a lot, a lot of followers <laughs> on the internet. Men who have a lot of followers on the internet or people who are socialized as men and now identify as non-binary but still spew patriarchal tendencies and values. Up in my comments, saying, yeah, but by this logic, did I ask about logic? Or am I telling you my lived experience? Stop intellectualizing my oppression. That's literally, that's literally what I said. Because it was like, by this logic then, blah, 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 and this is still a patriarchal value and la-di-da-dee. That is fine. If men wanna go ahead and close the wage gap, then you can come talk to me about patriarchal value, blah, 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 because Women paying 50-50 is like, is like a chain reaction effect. Like it's like the last link in the line, right? There's a lot of other links up here that actually are completely because of men's behavior. So if you dismantled that behavior, then maybe women would be paid equally and then we can talk about going 50-50. But you're literally gonna take the one thing away from us that is like kind of halfway decent, the like the only thing. Because the thing is, 
I think what men also don't understand is the fact that the women, the reason women, a lot of women will only go on dates if the, like, and obviously this is like for like the first whatever dates. I'm not saying your entire relationship, you never pay anything, but I'm saying like, if a man invites you on a date and he doesn't want to pay, like the reason women aren't cool with that is for a myriad of reasons. First of all, you have the pink tax for everything that women buy and everything that women do to upkeep their appearance, to be presentable and desired by men. We have that is exhibit A. Exhibit B is the fact that really for real, nine times out of 10, going on a date with a man, if you have, if you, if you're like really aware of the nuances of your oppression as a woman, nine times out of 10, going on a date with a man, you are going to have to endure some sort of something unpleasant, whether it be being over-sexualized to your face or just like, there's so many different ways that men will put you through patriarchal shit, right? And there's always like just the, the, the amount of times that I have left dates crying and not because they didn't go well or they didn't like me, right? I People always like me. If I'm being real with you, I'm, I, I'm good at interviews and I'm good at dates because I know how to talk and people like me, right? That has never been the reason I'm crying. I'm crying because, you know, some man randomly, we were in the car and he just starts talking about how he wishes there was more big booty strippers in Toronto shaking their ass on the street. And when I said like, and then he's just going off for like five minutes, just saying some crazy stuff, ass, titty, like all of these things, words that I didn't actually consent to hear coming out of his mouth and the way he was talking about my body parts. I didn't ask to hear any of that. I didn't ask to hear any of that, but I have to sit there and endure it. And then when he sees that I'm quiet, he goes, what's wrong? And I go, oh, I don't wanna talk about it. And he goes, no, educate me. And so I try, and then he gaslights me and shouts over me and makes me feel this big. And I do, I start to cry. And things like that, that happen often. I don't think men, understand how frequent that experience is for a woman of being made to feel small or subjugated or sexualized god forbid worse obviously god forbid the worst things that can happen that violate your physical consent duh the myriad of list of things that women will have to endure on a date is enough to just fucking pay for dinner like because the thing is, what men don't understand, if I'm not at least getting my meal paid for, why am I going? Because there's a 90% chance that I'm going to have to endure something unpleasant. And I, if, I can, if I have to pay for my own dinner, then I will go to dinner alone? You know what I mean? Especially like if we're talking about first dates, that's why for me, and this is like something I used to do that I don't, really recommend anymore but eh, whatever I don't know my trade-off to myself in the past has been like once you get to know a guy like if you like him sometimes it's like sometimes they are broke or even if they're not broke they're just very 50 50 mentality 
And those always tend to be the ones that say that they're feminist, first of all, I would like to say that. But, and you do end up enduring a lot of things that you don't want to that are unpleasant. But if I liked hanging out with them in general, then sometimes I'd be like, okay, like I'll go and I'll pay for myself, even though I would hate it. But I would still do it because I liked hanging out with them. You know what I mean? And in hindsight, I don't know if I would recommend that because that was 110% a reflection of the effort they were going to put into the whole relationship. So there's that. But it's really, it's not a lot to ask because women put a lot on the line to enter a social interaction alone with men. So it's really not a lot to ask. It's like, what is dinner? 20 bucks? Come on. I'm, I, and it's like the fact that a lot, obviously not every woman like dresses up to the nines to go on a date, but a lot of women will at least spend an hour or two of effort to get ready. And maybe she has her nails done and her hair done and a cute outfit that costs more, way more than any, a lot of times what the man is going to be doing for his upkeep. So the point is, for this to be the center topic of male feminists feminism like the and this is why i'm saying i used to if you if you have been following me for a bit you remember when i was getting my head torn off for saying that men could be feminist in the past and i changed my mind because i've seen what i needed to see like i've literally seen there's that there's that tiktoker he's a man he's from calgary he looks, he looks mixed or something. And he says a lot of feminist things on his pages and on his page. And I know he like considers himself a feminist, but then he was the one to be like, if, if you're a woman and you think that going for a walk in the park on a first date isn't good enough for you, you're entitled. And you and your high maintenance ass can go find some other simp. And I was like, this is what I'm talking about. Because when y'all are in heat, your misogyny comes out at times 10. And so, no, I've seen what I, I see, I've seen what I needed to see. Men can't be feminist. They may, they may want to be, or they may try to be. But at the end of the day, a lot of times their own tendencies will, will overshadow that good intent. And they probably haven't done enough work or, or they don't even have enough self-awareness to know what work needs to be done on themselves to get there. And I'm not saying that no man can be feminist, but it's also like, okay, so there, the, there, <laughs> there is another video, another TikTok that I stitched from this man who I don't remember his name at all, but he, he's like a middle-aged man, very much giving like Bill Nye, like very much giving, like he, I remember he had his arm, he had his arm like on the desk like this and he was like leaning back and his tone was like, he was trying to emulate like a mixture of Bob Ross and like Bill Nye, you know what I mean? And he, he's talking about uh, just the, I can't, it's so cringe, so cringe. He was saying like, you know, if you, if you're a woman and you think men should pay for dates, but you also want to be paid equally, that's a, that's a time rift, whatever that means. And I was like, why are you A, talking about this, 
B, like just the whole tone of the video was very much making something that is meant to be lived and meant to be felt like a logical thing and just intellectualizing feminism to the point where I didn't even really understand what he was trying to say. Like, I don't know what his thesis was because I think he thought his thesis was feminism, but it came out very bigoted and it came out very much, you actually don't know anything about what you're talking about and I wish you would never talk again. And he was all up in my comments after I, I made a video stitching him, telling him to shut up. And he was like, I agreed with you, but so I don't know why you're blasting my video. And I was like, it's not Delicio, it's delivery. Your delivery made my skin crawl. And whatever you said, I guess you thought it was feminist. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was a very logic-based assessment, talking about time riffs and... And he was comparing, he was like comparing it into the civil rights movement. He was like separate but equal. And I was like, why is this white man using all of my identities and intellectualizing them and tearing them apart for fun? Because it is just fun for him. His, his liberation doesn't lie in the balance. It's just fun for him. And that's what I'm saying. Stop fucking intellectualizing my oppression. All of these white men or white women or just men, like I've seen black gay men do this too. There's some of my mutuals will do this too. Like, this is why I'm saying I, I have not found, I don't know one man that I really, really consider to be feminist. I really don't. I really don't because all of them will be like, oh, but by that, I remember I posted a video a while ago and I literally don't remember what it was about, but it was something to do with women's lived experience. And one of my mutuals, who was a black gay male, commented and said, hey, do you mind if I stitch this? Cause I disagree with you. And I was like, you can stitch whatever you want, but your opinion on this doesn't matter. You actually, I said, you actually don't really have the right to disagree with this cause it has nothing to do with you. And it's the entitlement and the, the they think that we asked for their opinion or that it's somehow valid just because they think it's logical. All of these, all of these things that we talk about in systems of oppression, like those things need to be experienced and lived. And that is why, like, I also think that's why, like, even for when women are like, what, what, fe what feminist literature do you read? I, I mean, I, I've read a little bit, mostly in college, but for the most part, everything that I say is coming from shit that I've lived. Like, it's like, you don't need to read it if you've lived it. You really don't. And a lot of times the reading is for the people who haven't lived it because they don't get it. And it's not you, it's not something you can learn. Like, like I guess you can, but also no. You could learn a bit, but you'll never get there. You'll never get to the capacity or the education that a lived experience of that identity would get to you. And so to pretend that you have that card of validity to speak in this conversation, just because you think that you, your, your entire, I'm speaking to specific creators right now, just because you think your entire page is like critical thinking or satire or, or philosophy or logic, these people who are socialized as men think that their opinion is worth gold on an experience that they haven't lived a day in their life just because they think that they're smart 
and they like to intellectualize things. And to that I say, touch grass. Like, <laughs> I, I, I literally could not want your opinion less on my experience if you don't have my experience. And that is that on that. And it's always the woke creators who have something to say. The quote unquote woke creators. It's always the ones who just think they're geniuses, who think they have the right, the wisdom, and the experience to weigh in on something I'm talking about that is about my lived experience. And it never, your fucking knowledge and logic will never ever be as valid as lived experience. Stop trying to make that happen because you, like you look like a dick every time you try to do that. And the thing is, tone is so important, right? Tone in, in your videos and in your language is so important. And I think what a lot of men or people who are socialized as men don't understand is that you can be saying something that, and you think you're agreeing with women or you think you're agreeing with feminism, but the way you're saying it, first of all, 93% of communication is nonverbal. Can we take that in? 93% of communication is nonverbal. 7% of it is your words. 93 is how you say them and your tone and your body language. 93%. So yeah, you could be trying to say that you agree with women, but you're, the patriarchy that is in your bones literally in your bones, in your blood, that you haven't unpacked or looked at yourself because you decided you were smart enough that you could start talking about feminism before making sure you got the patriarchy and the misogyny out of yourself. Cause that's what they do. They think they're geniuses. They think they're God's gift to earth. And then they just start intellectualizing everyone's oppression as if anyone gives a fuck, as if anyone asked, right? And when they do that, what they don't understand is you actually don't speak the language you actually don't speak the language that we speak and we understand from our experience. So what you think you're saying is not what you're saying. And what you think you're doing is not what you're doing. And you actually look really stupid. So stop making videos or speaking on the oppression of identities that you don't understand. As if you are just as valid. As if, if you want to make a video speaking on the thing is too what i don't understand is like if you see a vid this is like for my mutuals who uh some of them are not my mutuals anymore i would like to say but for my mutuals who have ever like come in to a conversation that i've started and been like oh i disagree what i don't understand is like if you are a man watching a woman that you know like makes good content and like has some and obviously has like experience in this if she said something that you disagreed with, wouldn't you take a moment? I mean, obviously you wouldn't because you're a man and you never had to do this, but if it was me and somebody with a different experience than me was saying something that I didn't agree with, but it's about their experience, I would actually probably assume that I don't have all of the information. I would assume, oh, okay, that's interesting that she's thinking like that. I'm thinking this, but now I'm thinking that I'm wrong because I must be wrong because I've, I think this 
and her and everyone who has had her experience is agreeing with her and I'm outside of her identity and her experience and I think I have the right and the wisdom to speak over her or try and add to this conversation about an experience I've never lived, that's a lot of entitlement. And like I said, this comes from not just, I know people like to say, cis, het, white men, blah, blah, blah. It's not just them. It's not just them. It's non-binary. It's non-binary white people who are socialized as men. It's black men. It's black gay men. I've seen it from every angle. If you were socialized as a man, you've got some shit in you that you need to undo before you come to me talking about my experience. I don't care. I don't care who you are. I don't care how many followers you have. I don't care if you're verified. I don't care. I don't, I don't care because I didn't ask. And that's that on that. And that is that on that. Don't you dare intellectualize my oppression because I will, I will come for you. I will. My tongue is the blade that I use to stab and I will, I will do it with all of my might because I have no patience. I have no patience for it anymore, especially from people who have channels that present them as woke. I have no patience. I'm gonna call you out. I'm gonna dig your grave. Like I'm, I'm done. I will not be doing it anymore. So keep my oppression out of your mouth, stop intellectualizing it, and then we won't have to do this. Talk about your own experience, maybe. If you really are that desperate to have feminist content on your page, stitch a feminist creator with lived experience. Don't take what she said, regurgitate it for your own views. That is inherently patriarchal. Do you understand that your ability to take a woman's ideas present them as your own in a watered-down way and profit off it more than her, is the patriarchy at work. Did you know that? Or you just thought you're just such a genius. You're an exception to the rule. Oh. Yeah. So that was, that was my rant for today. That was my rant for today. Um, yeah, if you want to keep up with my short stories, subscribe to my Patreon. It's only, I believe it's $5 US a month for to get the short stories and like the extra content and then um seven it's seven dollars canadian i believe and then it's ten dollars american to get all the short stories and the extra content plus my like tiktok lives i post my tiktok lives for the the highest tier and it's like 13 something canadian because of the um exchange rates. So yeah, I've been posting a lot lately and I'm very excited because I've always wanted to be a writer and now I feel like I'm finally doing it, which is awesome. But yeah, make sure to subscribe to this YouTube channel, give this video a thumbs up, share this video with your friends. It would really help me out. I'm trying to blow this channel up, obviously. Um, if you're listening on podcasts, give this podcast a five-star rating, leave a nice review. Again, share it on, maybe share it on your socials or share it with your friends, things like that. Uh, follow me on Instagram, at Kiravria. And my Patreon is also at Kiravria, but I'm gonna um, post it in the comments. So yeah, thank you so much for listening and or watching and I will see you soon. Bye.